The following audio is from Jacob's Well Church. For more information about Jacob's Well Church, please visit www.jacobswellgb.org. Let's pray. Lord God, as we look at the resurrection from Peter's perspective, let us see that it is not only his story, but it is our story. And it is a glorious story. Help us to live joyfully in the truth of the resurrection. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever felt far from God? Distant from God? Um, maybe at one time you were zealous in your faith. You, you loved to read the Bible. You loved to pray. You were delighted in Jesus. You, you, were, you were kept awake at night thinking about how glorious his love is for you. But you have grown busy or distracted Maybe you have grown cold towards God. Maybe there's sin in your life that you're entertaining that is, that is a wall between you and God, and you just feel far from God. Maybe that's your situation this morning. I'm sure this is much what Peter felt like as he denied Christ three times. He must have felt like a complete failure. He must have felt so far away from God. He must have felt absolutely hopeless until the resurrection happened. You see, what we see in the resurrection is Jesus loves people who betray him. He loves people who deny him. He loves people who turn their back on him, even in his greatest hour of need. Like Peter, the resurrection for us is exceedingly good news because the resurrection of Jesus means the restoration of sinners. The resurrection of Jesus means the restoration of sinners. And that's what we're going to look at today. Just very, very quickly. I'm not going to preach a full sermon, just maybe half of one. Hopefully. We're going to quickly see that the foundation of restoration with Christ is love. The fruit of restoration with Christ is love. And the finality of restoration with Christ is love. First, the foundation of restoration with Christ is love. Jesus comes to Peter and he says this one question, do you love me? Peter points out that Jesus already knows the answer to this. Jesus knows the hearts of men. Jesus knows that Peter does indeed love him. And yet Jesus asks, do you love me? Why does, why does Jesus ask a question that he knows the answer to? Well, it's because Jesus desires a restored relationship with Peter, to restore Peter to his position in the church. And for restoration, it takes two people. You cannot have restoration with a corpse. That's why the death of Jesus was such bad news for Peter, because he could not have a restoration of the relationship. You remember, Jesus looked at Peter after that third denial, and grief overcame him. But when Christ raised from the dead, there was a chance for a restoration of that relationship. And so Jesus asked him, John, do you love me? We read after the third time, he's grieved because Peter, because Jesus kept asking. Why did Jesus keep asking? Why wasn't one question good enough? Why did he ask him three times, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Well, do you remember back in the story, and Chris read this today, as Simon pledges his obedience to Christ, even to the point of death, he comes and he is intimidated by this little girl who says, are you a follower of Jesus? And he says, no, 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 I don't know the man. 
Three times he denies Christ. Three times Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Jesus is not interested in a partial restoration. He wants a full restoration of his relationship with Peter. What we see here is that even though if you trust in Christ, you are united to Christ, you are forgiven by Christ, we, through our sin, through our betrayal, through our denials, can distance ourselves from him. We cannot affect our union with Christ, but we can affect our communion with Christ. Let me illustrate it this way. When I'm at home and I, believe it or not, I'm not a perfect husband. Uh, Those of you who know me closely know that very personally, especially Trisha. (laughs) But if I have a sharp word for Trish, or if I have a negative attitude or a bad attitude around the house, It doesn't affect our union. We are still married. We are still in this covenant relationship with one another. But it affects our communion. There is a barrier that's put up between us. There is a distance that grows apart in our souls. Until there is restoration. Until there is a repentance and a pledge of love towards her. And so you see it is with Christ. If you are in Christ, no matter what you do, no matter what sin you commit, you cannot break your union with him, but you can affect your communion with him. And you can slowly fade from him. And you start to feel distance. And what we see here is that if you feel far from God, it is not because Christ has run away from you, but it's because you have run away from Christ. You see here, Christ comes and he is ready and he is eager to restore your relationship with him fully and completely. And he comes and he says, do you love me? So we see the foundation of restoration is love. We see the fruit of restoration is love. As Peter pledges his love to Jesus three times, in response, Jesus says to him, feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Love for Jesus overflows in a love for others. And specifically, it flows in a love for his church. I was having lunch with a friend just a few weeks ago who pointed out that it is very, very easy to love the church universal, to love the church global. But it is really hard to love the church local, isn't it? I mean, no matter what locality you're in, it's, it's hard to love the people that are right around you. You know, it's, it's, love, it's easy to love humanity. It's very difficult to love humans. But Jesus says, love, feed my sheep, tend my sheep, feed my lambs. He goes on to talk about how Peter will die. He shows that Peter will indeed love the sheep. He will love the church. Verse 18, truly, truly, Jesus says to Peter, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk whenever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, that is, upon a cross. And another will dress you, that is, in chains, and carry you where you do not want to go, that is, to death. And then verse 19 tells us that he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, Follow me. After the resurrection, Peter did indeed go on to shepherd the sheep 
to shepherd Jesus' sheep. For 30 years, Jesus, excuse me, for 30 years, Peter went and boldly proclaimed the resurrection of Jesus Christ, boldly proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. He planted churches, he shepherded the sheep, and because of his commitment to Christ, he was imprisoned, he was persecuted, he was put in darkness for six months. And they called for him to recant. They called for him to deny Christ once again. But no longer would he deny Christ. Rather, he would be martyred, hung on a cross upside down. Because he was committed to Christ. And so the question is, how could a man like Peter, who was such a coward just a few days earlier, denying his relationship with Jesus to to teenage girls, to other people. How could a coward turn into someone so courageous and so bold? And really, we see it from this passage. It's by, it's by, it's by trusting the truths that we see in this passage. It is by putting them into our hearts and into our souls. What we see here is that if you are in Christ, if you have betrayed him, if you have denied him, if you have run away from him as Peter did, Your resurrected Savior will never, ever betray you. He will never, ever deny you. He will never, ever run away from you. He is faithful, and he is always ready to restore you. See, by our sin, all of us have forsaken God. And all of us deserve to be forsaken by God. And yet Jesus took on our sin. He took on our betrayal, our forsakenness. And at the cross, he was forsaken on our behalf, that all who trust in Christ will never again be forsaken by God. That's why he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken? He was forsaken for you and for me. And so when a person is restored to the Savior, his love overflows for the people of God, and he loves the church. Finally, we see, that the finality of restoration with Christ is love. Again, Jesus says to Peter three times, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Why didn't he say, are you committed to me? Or, or, or do you want to say something? Or you know, do you want to ask for forgiveness? No, three times he says, do you love me? Why does Jesus focus on love? Well, the reason is, is because that is the language of the kingdom. This is the most important question that any of us will ever face. Love for Jesus is supreme. It is the foundation of restoration. It is the fruit of restoration, but it's also the finality of our restoration with Christ. Paul Koyster was the president of Covenant Theological Seminary, a a fine establishment, I might say. And uh, he, he, would, he would have a phrase that he would say time and time and time again. And he'd say it to students. He would say it to faculty. Uh, he even wrote it up in the admissions or whatever they sent out to prospective students. And he had this line that he would say time and time again. And in fact, it's actually the line uh, that made my friend Chad Brewer, some of you know who he is, but he went to Covenant Seminary because of this one thing that Paul Koyster said. And this is what he would say time and time again. He would say, if a student at the end of his or her time of seminary training doesn't love God more than at the beginning, the whole experience is a failure. Let me read that again. If a student at the end of his or her time of seminary training doesn't love God more 
then at the beginning, the whole experience is a failure. Without an active, daily, growing love for Jesus Christ, everything we do is a failure. You may come to church weekly. You may read your Bible daily. You may pray hourly. You may give your money away to the poor, help those in need. But if you do not love Jesus, if your heart is not growing in love for him, knowing his love for you, then it is a waste. It is useless. As the Apostle Paul says, you are only a resounding gong. And so this is the question that all of us face. This is your final exam. Jesus comes to you and he says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Restoration is possible because we have a resurrected Savior. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that death did not end in death, that we don't, that our life does not end in depression, that it doesn't have to end in sadness. But, oh Lord, it is a happy day every Sunday because we celebrate your resurrection, that we can have restoration with you every week as we come and confess our sin, and pledge our love towards you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.